Are you ready, Christine? I'm ready. Are you ready, Ma? Yes, I am. Listen to the story. We are going to start in Connecticut. And I had to do a lot of research to find out that this actually started in Connecticut. Oh. But because we never knew. It was just uh, some. Okay, we are doing 1968's Rachel, Rachel. <clears throat> this is the story of a middle-aged teacher who lives with her mother and is stuck in her ordinary life. Okay, that's what it's about. <laughs> okay, and, and now we're ready for the particulars. Rachel, Rachel came out August 26th. 1968. Didn't really scream 1968 to me, but yeah, 1968. It screamed more like uh, 58 to me. Yes, except for the different stories, like the editing and stuff. So it's produced and directed. This is the directorial debut of Paul Newman. He also directed, yes, Ma's holding up her book. Her Paul Newman autobiography, her memoir, Paul Newman memoir. And that's what prompted this story, this movie. <laughs> Son of a bitch, you know what I should have done? I should have, like, pretended that Paul Newman signed it. Like, I should have gone and, and, oh, and yeah, found his autograph and then, like, painstakingly recreated it in there and been like, and it's signed by him. That would be a little creepy. Mm -hmm. Ah, damn it. Um, he also playing the Max Drinking game. Just go ahead and get it over with. Yeah, <laughs> this gets sloshed. It's okay. So this is his debut. He also directed Sometimes a Great Notion, The Shadow Box, The Effect of Gamma Rays on the Man in the Moon, Marigolds, Man in the Moon, Marigolds, maybe, hmm. and Harry and Son. Aaron notes. The screenplay is by Stuart Stern, who also wrote Rebel Without a Cause, Sybil, and A Christmas to Remember. Mm -hmm. And it is based on the 1966 novel A Jest of God by Margaret Lawrence, who also wrote The Stone Angel, The Olden Day's Coat, The Prophet's Camel Bell, which is an account of her time spent in Somaliland. What is going on? I didn't think you were going to say camel bell. <laughs> well, yes. She spent time in Somaliland and that was her account of it. So, I'm sure that is interesting. It is edited by Dee Dee Allen, a.k.a. the film editing doctor. I think we went into her more in depth because Listen to these films that she's done. The Hustler, Bonnie and Clyde, Dog Day Afternoon, Serpico, Slapshot, The Wiz, and The Breakfast Club, just to wow. name a few. So, yeah, she's big time. Uh, the music is by Jerome Moross, Moross, who also did The Big Country, Five Finger Exercise, and uncredited The Best Years of Our Lives. The director of photography is Gain Rescher, who also did A Face in the Crowd, which I really like that movie. And we did 
Yeah, we did a face in the crowd. Remember, it was with Andy Griffin, and it was the one that was like yes, very yes, yes, much yes. of these times. Yes, and yes. Rise- yeah, it, that's like a movie that everybody should watch now. Mm-hmm. A New Leaf, which I think was also really good, and Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan, starring as Rachel Cameron, Joanne Woodward. She was in The Three Faces of Eve, The Long Hot Summer, The Drowning Pool, and The Stripper. We have James Olsen as Nick Kaslick, who was in The Andromeda Strain, The Shark Fighters, and he did tons of TV, such as Wonder Woman and Little House on the Prairie. We have Kate Harrington as Mae Cameron. She was also in Love Story, The Hospital, Child's Play, All My Children, and Guiding Light. We have Estelle Parsons. I kept, I was like, this woman, why do I know her face? Estelle Parsons as Calla Mackey. She won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress in Bonnie and Clyde. She was also in Watermelon Man and The Lemon Sisters. Which, Rob, wasn't that the movie that you hated in Germany? The Lemon Sisters? You said that. I, I don't remember Probably, yeah. Okay, let's go with yes. I just remember, like, you were just like, oh, my God, the Lemon Sisters. I hate this movie. Oh, like, for a good six months, all you were talking about was how much you hated the Lemon Sisters. But her face is probably most familiar to people as the mother on Roseanne and the Connors. Yes, and a very distinctive voice as well. Mm-hmm. We also have Geraldine Fitzgerald as Reverend Wood. She was a big-time actress in the 30s and 40s. She was in Withering Heights, Dark Victory, Arthur. She is in the Hall of Fame of the American Theater, and she is ranked number 20 in a... I'm sorry. She's ranked number 30 in a 2020 Irish Times list of Ireland's greatest film actors, which, that's pretty damn impressive because Ireland has a lot of impressive film actors. True. We have Donald Moffat as Nal Cameron. He was the father. He was in The Thing, The Right Stuff, The West Wing, and Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. We have Nell Potts. That's how she was credited, but she's the daughter of Nell, of Nell, of Joanne and Paul, so Nell Newman. And finally, as the preacher, Terry Kaiser who is most famous for this guy was Bernie in the weekend at Bernie's movies. Really? I kept going. He looks faintly familiar and I kept waiting for something to click, but yeah, he wasn't dead in this one. So it was, I never, I was looking at him and I was just going, man, that guy looks like Topher Grace. And then when I looked and I was like, Bernie from weekend at Bernie's. What a performance. What a performance. So those are the particulars. Well, I'm going to attempt to set the table. When I set the table, usually I go by what's happened in the first 20 minutes of the film. So bear with me. The movie starts with no sound as we see a small town. Rachel's alarm goes off and she says, don't let it be day, which I (laughs) cracked up back. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. No, please no. We see family photos where Rachel is always standing a little away from her mother, father, and sister. 
Did you oh. notice that in the family photos? Mm. No, I did not mm -hmm. notice that. Um, she has two voices in her head and several flashbacks to her childhood. And we aren't really sure what's going on. We aren't. We aren't really sure what's going on. This movie, I read a, there was a quote in a Variety article <laughs> yes, from 1967 <laughs> that said, direction is awkward. Were Woodward not there, the film could have been in shambles. And I thought that was a perfect way to describe the entire movie. Yeah, you watched it because you're just, so she was she, great. She sucks you in. It's like what's good, what's going on with this woman? But it was a bit like I was thinking. Dee Dee did the editing. Good God, what would have happened if she hadn't done the editing? Because I just okay. also I thought it was going to be a horror movie for a minute. Didn't it give horror movie vibes? Yeah. Well, so the music, the flashbacks. Yeah, Dee Dee watched this first. So we, the first time we watched this film was through Christine's text messages to us of Shocking. just her face and just these like, what this movie I'm five minutes in. So we're just like, and then she's like, is this a horror film? Have, did, have you guys watched this before? We're like, no, no. So, I mean, we were, my interest was piqued. Yes. <laughs> to say the least. So then I'm sitting down watching this and I have no idea what to expect except to just expect the unexpected, <laughs> honestly. And yeah, I was, it did give these weird vibes. It's just this uncomfortableness, just this, yeah. which in a way is kind of genius of Paul yeah. Newman because it you feel as uncomfortable as Rachel feels. Like, yeah. Just, like, yeah, I definitely did. Yeah. That's true. She was she was very at first I thought it was gonna be a, a Sybil type thing where because those voices in her head I thought are those different personalities. But I'm like Joanne Woodward yeah. is not gonna go back to back to the well for that because she did that in the three faces of Eve. Right. So yeah, but ooh, just yeah. I mean it's fair to say they don't make movies like this anymore. <laughs> Okay, well, we're two people of color. I saw one little boy in the schoolhouse. There was a black boy in Rachel's class and a black girl in Calla's class. Oh, I didn't so, see the black girl. Two. Yeah, imagine how comfortable they were in their classrooms. So I saw a lot of classism in this, but mm -hmm. not cast. Anyone else? Do you have any cast? I don't, I didn't write down any cast. I think there's something with the whole religious aspect of it, but I didn't really dig deep for it. I'm going to be honest. Well, my main cast doesn't have to do with, with this film. It has to do with the year that it came out. Oh, well, but then, hello. yeah, 1968. But then I also <laughs> was found this, um, this, online series called gay best friend a series by christopher james on the film experience website and he wrote up this movie and he um 
like the character of Kala, how saying like how she's the you know she's a lesbian best friend and how Kala bursts on with a burst of energy early on and as the story moves her care her story arc Kala's story arc she becomes the sad lesbian and then the tragic gay which is a common framework for the gay best friend and mm-hmm. it had this quote in it you can hint at Kala that Kala is a lesbian through her chunky jewelry, confidence, and interest in Rachel. Once you confirm these suspicions by having her kiss Rachel, she has to pay for her sins of homosexuality. So I thought that that was hmm. interesting. See, I was and like, oh. I didn't read Kala as a lesbian. At, I just read until she tried to kiss Rachel. Yeah. I, I, me too. I mean, but... I, I wasn't surprised, but I wasn't like... Chunky jewelry is coming back, people. I know. I'm I mean, you a... can't define someone by their jewelry. But they do in the movies, and that's apparently what this... Like, Although they're she, just She trope. did have a pair of glasses, though. Her eyeglasses were a, a tell. Well, but that's... Yeah, probably in 1968, but to us, we're just like, oh, oh, look at those large frame glasses. Chunky glasses, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, who knows the times? Exactly. So, your cast is? Oh, that, that's in the Nerd Alerts? You want me to do that? No, you said you had it. You had cast that went. To, oh, is that in the Nerd Alerts? Yeah. It's part I'm of Nerd sorry, Alerts. I didn't understand. And well, that's we are, where we go next, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, let's get on with it. So, this film came out in August of 1968. In 1968, the Vietnam War was, you had the 10 offensive in January, the Hai Mai Massacre, the Mai Lai Massacre. Uh, In April, you had Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated in Memphis. Um, After, oh, I was sent, remember the article I passed around um, on Monday about how Martin Luther King survived an assassination attempt? Which I never heard anything about. Yeah, from a crazy woman who, like, stabbed him with a letter opener, and if he had sneezed, and then the day before he was assassinated, he made reference to it in a joke of, like, oh, if I had sneezed, I would be dead, because it came so close to killing him, but nobody ever hears about that. Um, And then in June, you had Robert F. Kennedy killed. So, for my cast, in March of this year, so before Martin Luther King was killed, before... Um, Robert Kennedy was killed in March at Howard University. There was a five-day sit-in at the university, and they were the students were protesting ROTC, the Vietnam War, and they were also demanding courses be offered in African American history, like more of a curriculum. And so Howard University is a private, federally charted, historically black research university in Washington D.C. It's one of the 107 HBCUs in the United States, historically black colleges and universities. And I've always known about Howard University, Morehouse, Bellman, Southern, you know, these universities and stuff. But I never knew who Howard was named for. I don't either. Does anybody know who Howard University is named for? Absolutely not. Well, Howard University is named after General Oliver Otis Howard. Hmm. He was a Civil War hero, and he founded the university, and he was the commissioner of the Freemen's Bureau, a.k.a. the Bureau of Refugees, 
freedmen and abandoned lands, which was a U.S. government agency that assisted freedmen in the South starting in 1865. So this bureau would help black people find their family members who had been dispersed, especially um, during the Civil War. But as you can also imagine, being an enslaved person and just being ripped from families apart. And being sold over and over again mm -hmm. to different plantations. So it also, the Bureau also arranged to teach the newly freed how to read and write because the government was like, hey, <laughs> we need these people to learn how to read and write. And they themselves were like, we need, we need and want to learn how to read and write. They also had agents that would legally advocate for blacks in state and federal courts, mostly having to do with family matters, because as stated, it was illegal to teach enslaved people to read and write, mm -hmm. because if you mm -hmm. teach them to read and write, then they ha can have knowledge and whatnot. Um, so it also encouraged the former major planters to rebuild their plantations, but this time you're going to pay your workers. And then it also kept an eye on the new free laborers and the planters, since very few of the free men could read and write. Um, they wanted to make sure that the contracts and stuff were okay, because as you can mm -hmm. imagine, you know. Oh, yeah. And then it also pushed for blacks and whites to work together in a free labor market as employers and employees rather than masters and slaves. So you can imagine that that went over perfectly well in the of South course. and everybody was Easy transition. happily paid now. Yeah, but the Bureau ran into problems because no, we can't have nice things. And then in the South, they passed a whole bunch of black codes which is really just slavery 2.0, mm -hmm. a.k.a. it's not slavery if we don't call it slavery, mm -hmm. basically. So the Bureau, they just had a really tough job. And then to add on top of that, you had, you know, Lincoln taking out the game, and his vice president was Andrew Jackson, who was mm -hmm. a Southerner. And then you had the... Congress and all of that, it's wild because it, yeah, listen to this. Tell me if it don't sound familiar. So Andrew Jackson, he vetoed the bill and he said that the Bureau encroached on states' rights and, <laughs> and that it re, it re, um, because also because of Congress and stuff, and there were a lot of the, the Southern um, Congress people, they weren't happy about it because, you know, they're trying to pass the black codes and and basically keep slavery but have it not be called slavery and so they're like well where's this money going to come from from the bureau so the bureau had to then go into the one place where since the beginning of time the united states has always kept money and that was in the military so the this like freedmen's bureau it was getting its money from the military because that was the one place where the budget wasn't cut. Because if it was out in a, in a different department, they would make sure that that budget got slashed. But if they tucked it in with the military budget, like these Southerners, they aren't going to touch the military budget. So that's where it was operating from. But then every other thing or impediment, they would put in its place. So then finally they... Um, 
so the, the president was like, and all his cronies were like, it encroached on states' rights. It relied inappropriately on the military in peacetime. It gave blacks the help that poor whites never had. Oh, no. Oh, wow. Yeah. All, that, all the time the poor whites were getting paid mm. pennies that black people never were being paid. All that free labor. Okay. And it would ultimately prevent free slaves from becoming self-sufficient by rendering them dependent on public assistance. Okay. You don't want to teach and help out all of these new found free people. Teach them to read and write and all of that because you're going to get them dependent on public assistance. But you're teaching them to read and write so that they can like, not be dependent. That's the whole point. So anyways... Luckily, Congress narrowly overrode his veto, but the Southern Democrats deprived the Bureau of funding. They would cut staff, and then plus there was the rise of the KKK. So you can imagine that you're working for the Bureau trying to do what's right, and the Klan just whoops up on you. You're like, you got two choices. We kill you or you leave. And they're like, well, we tried, and they booked it. So... And then there are also a lot of Northern Democrats who also thought that the programs would make blacks lazy. So it wasn't just, you know, the South. But yeah. All this, like, yeah, you had these people. You took them. You made them work for you. Built the country off their backs. Treated them horribly. Bred Monstrous. Them bred to be them. stronger and... Use able them to as, work harder as, as property so that you can make more money while you're do doing nothing and then they're free because you lost a bloody bloody ass war <laughs> like you had to fight a war they're free and now it's like all right we got a whole bunch of these free people okay we need to teach them how to read and write so that they can take care of themselves no that will make them lazy and dependent on us so anyways, the program was then abandoned in, 19, in 1872. So I just thought that, that was very interesting because I never knew who Howard no. University was no. um, named for. And then I found out about this whole Freeman's Bureau of a little thing of like, well, there were people who tried to do the right thing. And you just, well, these, man, what if that would have happened? Mm -hmm. But no, this is why we can't have nice things. The movies of 1968, number five was Oliver, number four was Bullet, number three, The Odd Couple, number two, 2001, A Space Odyssey. It's just funny to think that this movie came out at the same time as that. And the number one film of 1968, Funny Girl. And the Academy Awards, you have Romeo and Juliet, Rachel, Rachel. What you for Romeo and Juliet? Because the the um, actor and actress in Romeo and Juliet are now um, filing suit against the director or the production company because they felt like they were put into situations they shouldn't have been put into at the age of fifteen. Yeah, they were fifteen. They're now filing that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh wow, Teedy, look at you. Well, just... I just—they're still alive. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Okay. They might be in the like 70s. 
<laughs> this movie looks like it was filmed 150 years ago. <laughs> it, it does. So yeah, Romeo and Juliet, um, Rachel, Rachel, this movie, The Lion in the Winter, Funny Girl, and the Best Picture winner, Oliver. Wow, really? Okay. Favorite movies. Please, sir. Oh, is that what that's from? Yeah, I have Oliver? some more. Mm-hmm. Is that like a Dickens? Is that a Dickens oh, yes. thing? Yeah, yeah. Oliver Twist, mm-hmm. The Orphan. Okay, so. I bet he was taught to read and write. We are two reheatables. Our negatives. I mean, little, I, I don't remember his name, but uh, he was the one who was on the swings because he wasn't going to come into school when, when she told him to. He had on a full gun belt with, I mean, they were fake guns, but really fake guns at school? Yeah. Okay. I hope they're toys, but gee, wonder why we have a gun problem. Wonder, wonder why we have such a twisted relationship with guns. Have another, today, another mass shooting in California. Mm-hmm. Where? In, Monterey I think, Park. Monterey Park. Oh, in, my God. In the, because um, it's Lunar New Year's Eve, and I, this guy came in and shot up a like dance dance place, like Asian dance place. Oh, because they don't know it's Asian? well. They don't know. Saying, they think the guy was Asian. That's yeah. Awesome. So there's there's like, like they don't know basically. Yeah, they don't they were know. still having a standoff. Point. They because he got away, so they were still having yeah. a standoff with him. Mm-hmm. So don't don't know, but yeah. So just little kids, second graders, just running in with uh, little toy six shooters. Just gee, there's a SWAT standoff right now. Oh wow. Well, I'm sure you'll be hearing from your aunt. <laughs> okay, not funny. That wasn't funny. Um, honking the car horn to pick her up for her date. I mean, people still do that. You should see when I'm out running the amount of times that people like, honk their horns to to get people. Like, oh, I'm here. Well, the triple D's do that for me, but it's not like a date. <sighs> okay. Or is it? <laughs> Um, smoking in the movie theater. I forgot that that was a thing. That was a thing. You could smoke in the movie theater. Um, smoking in the hospital? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what I wrote down. Oh, but smoking yeah. in a movie theater. Man, that's terrible. Ooh. Damn. <laughs> um, I have creepy men. Mm. Negative. Other <laughs> negatives? I have checks. Paying by check. <laughs> That's negative. It doesn't nobody takes checks anymore. If you're paying oh, no. by check. Right. Yeah. You can't go to negative because it doesn't yeah. Right. Yeah. Because like, it doesn't clear. It and just you don't didn't know. reheat well. We're not using them anymore. Except for if you pay your rent by check. Um dead bills, see. Um, <laughs> that was like a that was like a little Christina's. Jesus Christ! <laughs> uh, the quote, 
No offense. I was just looking for a little action. I thought maybe you were too. Creepy dude. Creepy man. Ugh. Crowd participation in the church. When he was like, come on up, you, you, you. And she was like, no. And then it reminded me of one time Adam and I went to go see a show in Las Vegas called Zumanity. And they started picking people out of the crowd and we couldn't have sank any lower into our seats. <laughs> Try to avoid that. That reminds um, me of one time we were on um, one of those dinner boat cruises. Adam was home from college and it was Mother's Day. So Poppy took his mother and his sister and me and, and Adam was there. And so the um, the entertainment comes on, you know, and and they start coming through the crowd. Adam whips, I said, Adam, we're together. We're having a conversation. He whips out his cell phone and goes, you're on your own. I pretend <laughs> to be talking into his cell phone. Oh. Yeah, I believe it. Little brat. There, uh, yeah, he really does not like crowd participation. Um, when the creepy man was like, uh, oh yeah, I just have to tell you that your mother that the car went over a cliff and you were in it. Do yeah, the, the creepy the creepy man was he the principal? No, he was the brother of the little boy who died. Oh, him, yeah. yeah but the principal was also creepy. Was the principal the same guy that was in the car that she that she was like, oh, you our little our little Rachel hasn't been over to eat in a while. Yes. Yeah. And that was the principal. And then the principal showed up. I'm like, oh my God, am I, I am just as bad. Is that a, the same man or a different man? <laughs> Racist. I know. Look at me. The finger is pointing back at me. I'm like, but do they? <laughs> like, please, I hope that it's the same man. I don't want to be like, they all look the same. Um, living at the funeral home. Don't want to live there. Uh, when that bitch Kala was like, this could be the first decision you ever made that showed any respect for yourself. When she thought she was pregnant and was like, yeah, I'm going to keep the baby. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Bitch. <laughs> um, the term geriatric pregnancy, which they did not use in this, but she was 35 and she thought she was pregnant. And he was like, you're a little old. But we have a friend who just had a baby who's like 36 or 37 and she was it's just like there's not another term you can come up with than yeah. geriatric for a 30 something year old right what's it mom but your mom had you when she was 40 in mm -hmm. the early 50s so like were there was their mind just blown or were they just like no this because ghost it, is having a, a kid no because it was after the war so everybody was pushed back a little bit Oh, interesting. Mm. Okay, yeah. then. Smoking in the hospital. And then that was it. I have, okay. Um, when I was reading about all of this stuff, about this movie, man, every review and everybody that does a read-up or a, a synopsis of it always says spinster. Always brings up spinster. Yeah, I read that too. And I remember Latini did a nerd alert about that term in Hocus Pocus, maybe? I remember you did something. 
I think it was that movie. What was the movie where the two of them, it was like the two lady, it was like a scary movie and we all liked it, but it wasn't scary. And it was two old ladies and it was kind of funny. And the guy from Frankenstein's in it, Boris. Carla is in it. Oh. And then the t- there's two old ladies, they're sisters. Okay. Oh. Remember that movie? And I just have Hogus Pogus. We stuck all in really my loved it. Oh, that's the so awful truth. Crazy. Okay. I'll, no. You'll be looking. You keep it talking, up. and I'll okay. yell it when I find it. Okay. I just think that the media never gets the morning right. It's always way too bright, and people are always way too awake. You know? Have you ever uh-huh. noticed that? It just really bothers me. It's just the sun's always way too. It's like the shadows are wrong. It it doesn't seem as cold as it normally is like the temperature i don't know there's just mornings never seem they'll, they'll have it like especially in tv shows everybody's sitting mm-hmm. down having like breakfast and the the sun is perfectly up and you're like no if you're if you're waking up enough to be able to eat breakfast before you go to work or to school usually the sun is just coming up like it's not you know it's commercials to also uh um I think that if Paul Newman had starred and directed in this movie, he would have been hailed as an auteur. And I think that that's a a bad reheatable because the only reason this movie, I think, probably gets made is because he directs. He was like, yeah, I'm going to direct it. And Yeah, I, I, that's sort of a nerd alert or a tasty I have that it only got made because the studio then had him to make another movie, to be in another movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... Arsenic and old lace. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. That was a great, like, listen to that. Boris Karloff was in that. Yeah. Cary Grant was in it. He... Boris Karloff, Tony Randall, Dorothy Stickney, Mildred Natwick, Tom Bosley. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. She tried to say wrong to me. <laughs> she did. Yep. I will never learn. And then it also is just, this isn't a negative reheatable. I just don't know where to place it, but I just think it's interesting the stories that the two of them were interested in telling. Like, I understand this from Joanne Warward's point. I guess kind of. I don't know. It's just, it was just very, it just seemed very actorly to me. And it, it kind of made sense that they would want to make this story. But I don't I don't know what I'm trying to say. Uh, what are you gonna say? Uh, I thought of another one. Um another negative reheatable is women's health care. Like she has, there's no birth control options and then there's what was that contraption kind of thing? Is that like you take a hose and like wash everything out. Oh, that's that... a douchebag. The douche. You're not supposed to do that. Yeah. yeah. So you get more bacteria in than out. But your was... vag- your vaginals are self cleaning. Yeah, that was thought. I guess he thought because did he give a thought to? Oh, I'm no. Her, her mom had it. Right, but her mom would. He said, "My mom had one." He said, "Take care of." you know, go home and take care of yourself. That was do that so that anything that went up there is going to come back down, which doesn't happen. 
Yeah, I, uh, I was just, I was very like, I was like, I don't like, how does that work? So it's, it that's just flushes horrible. water up you. Actually, when it's I was tough. teaching high school in the seventies, there were um, students who thought that if you put Coca Cola in there, that that would um, that would stop a pregnancy. <laughs> In it's your women parts? What it's about diet? Cool. What about diet coke? I would have tried that one. You, you well, guys don't like anything. Oh my, like diet Mountain Dew. I mean, that's where it's at. Spray that stuff up in there. Nothing it'll living. disintegrate your, you, ma'am. Where is your uterus? The doctor was saying. <laughs> There's <true>. nothing. <laughs> Teeny'd be just fine with that. <laughs> and then also. In as far as women's health care, how does the doc know that that's just a cyst? I didn't see them do a biopsy or anything. He's just like, okay. oh, it's just a cyst. But I, before even seeing this movie, a girl, I saw a story on TikTok. Here's my TikTok story of the podcast. And this girl, this girl was pregnant. She had a baby shower. She had everything. She wasn't pregnant. She had a tumor. That does happen, but I'm I'm surprised that and she looked pregnant. Yeah. Oh, um, didn't but, the didn't she go in for her prenatals? Well, I don't yeah. know. I didn't ask her. <laughs> That's a. Uh, it, it used to happen a lot, but now they're far better about prenatals. And you know, you listen, you don't hear a heartbeat. You're gonna go. Oh, we're gonna go up and investigate, because. Well, then also like, okay. Is it benign or is it cancerous? Like, you need to do a biopsy. Well, that's a separate appointment. Exactly. I'm sure they set her up with that stuff. That's it. Oh, yeah. They just cut it and she, they, the guy well, they didn't like, show that part. This, this, I don't know if you noticed, the storyline did not go smoothly. <laughs> We're okay. zero for two on storylines in 2023. I just, I would, I just would have liked to be, storyline oh hello the life of tina turner is not a storyline well the slander you know, i told oh. you the issues i had with that the the um the way the timeline the, the timeline yeah, okay okay, yeah. okay fair enough fair enough do oh. you on timelines <laughs> okay yeah that is true making of the movie i would say that also another negative wait till next week <laughs> i can't wait I would think that it would be very awkward to direct your wife in a love scene. And then I would also think that it well, would be... Well, why do you think they had her kiss a woman? <laughs> to balance Paul it. Newman trying to get his kicks. Oh, oh, interesting. Trying to get his kicks? I don't think he had to try very hard. And then I was going to say, like, oh, is it awkward for Joanne Woodward... To like be, you know, kissing up on another guy. But then I would probably think maybe probably no for her because it's probably a nice revenge since Paul Newman was such a pinup boy. And you know, all that she had to put up with. So she was probably like, haha. But I, I don't know. I just think it would be weird. But I'm not in. I have more on that and tasty. Okay. Oh, okay. And now I have what's called an unannoying, an annoying nerd alert. Annoying nerd alert. It's an annoying nerd alert. It could be an eye roll nerd alert. And she pushed her glasses up on it too. It might is really an annoying eye roll. Eye roll alert. So in the movie, she's like, oh, I'm 35 and I'm exactly in the middle of my life. 
You can't yeah. be in the middle of your life. Life, there is no opposite. Life has no opposite. The opposite of death is birth. Life has no opposite. So. Hmm. A little bit of Eckhart Tolle coming hmm. out. You can't be in the middle of life. Hmm. So now we are to quotables. That hmm. really. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Jumping around like these two movies in 2023. Yeah. So, well, that's mm -hmm. what happened. Okay, positive. Those school chairs, those were my school chairs. Those mm. were the kind of chairs we had. And may I say, they were pretty what? comfortable. And they really? were substantial. Yeah, oh, yeah. They those... were sturdy. Yeah. Um, I thought Nell was really good. Little girl. She was. I think she had her daddy's blue eyes. So I realized I didn't write down many positives. So oh, I... um, it, it wasn't that I didn't like it. There just weren't that many mm -hmm. things that stood out as being yay positive. Yeah, I don't have many yay positives either. But I did write down the terms, the words oodles and caboodles. <laughs> I thought we should bring those back worth mentioning beers in the movie theater mm. yeah that's you gotta open idea. the beer but then it reminded me of the one time I'll always take cans they're a bitch to open but one time we brought bottles and I accidentally kicked my empty bottle over and you could hear it hit every <laughs> single seat <laughs> <on the> <laughs> um but movie theaters would be in my negative Still haven't gone back probably never will um i mean i won't say never but like if maybe if i lived near a movie theater i would right i I'm haven't been back i'm not gonna make well, an effort like yeah once i went once front porches they had a, there were some really nice front porches and like mm -hmm. Mm. you said this is connecticut it was giving me southern vibes front, front porch it vibes. was giving me midwestern vibes mm. morticians thought that was a positive I mean, you gotta have them. Like, yeah. and props to them for being able to do that. They're doing a good thing. They're making people look. They're presenting people for their last time seeing anyone ever. Although I always feel like my mortician would not like. I don't know. I feel like it's like you risk looking like not yourself, like in wedding makeup or something. Mm -hmm. But it's a cool, a cool job. You should get on Mortician TikTok. You learn a lot. Oh, oh thank you. Um, Whoopi Goldberg was a was a mortician, mortician? make makeup. She did the makeup for. Wow. Mm -hmm. We we Adam knows somebody who left who quit their job to become a mortician. They went to mortician school. Hmm. Um, it's just it's like though I I hear that it's us in the Western society who have made death into like a negative thing. I'm sure. No. Um, I really loved having, uh, I like when people have realistic hopes and dreams. Like in the end, she said, maybe I'll find a friend. Maybe I'll marry a middle-aged man who has kids, a middle-aged widower who has kids. Like, don't shoot for the moon. You know, right. I mean, right. you are already halfway through your life, so. Well. <laughs> Can't dream too big. I mean. Um, and those are my positives. 
Uh, despite Variety saying that the direction is awkward, I felt that Paul Newman's directing style was very modern. And that he's not I, just, you like you enjoyed the one about Tina too. Their direction. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, I enjoyed the um, I enjoyed how concise it was, and it was just boom, mm. boom, 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 boom. It was ve- the economic storytelling of it, yeah. of just like boom, boom, boom. We need to move this along. This I enjoyed, like, there, there was that close-up of the mother's mouth being in focus, and then there was also Rachel in focus, and then there was the, I liked the way that her inner monologue thoughts were acted out, and the different sound editing layers that were going on. Mm. I thought that there, he had, you know, he had a lot of different camera movements and stuff. I don't, I just see a lot of that in movies that have come now, and I bet that he's probably cited of bros at film bars of like, you know, who's underrated? Paul Newman, man, just working Rachel, Rachel, that one shot. Like it, I like that he was just like taking chances and stuff. And yeah, maybe it could be a bit shambly, but at least it injected some interest, some panache, some yeah. flair to it. Um. The nap, nap time in second grade. <laughs> I I will say, I didn't see one scene where there was actual teaching going on. There was no curriculum. Yeah. Joanne one Woodward's time, no fool. <laughs> one time when I was in preschool, I took a nap and woke up and I didn't have any shoes anymore. <laughs> Somebody stole your shoes? Yeah, in preschool, my mom says she can't pick me up, and I had, like, clown shoes on. I lost my shoes after nap time. But wouldn't they... Huh. I would... Huh. There's... Somebody I got questions. Yeah. Yeah. And then you had clown shoes? Well, like, they were too big for me. Not, like, I just, for I a clown costume. I well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they were for a clown costume. I can't see Rita being okay with this. Well... Yeah, she really didn't fight that hard for me, huh? <laughs> <Just> Never get... <laughs> Maybe they were old shoes. Let me ask and... her what happened to my shoes. What if she like ever got money back for my shoes? Yeah. But then like my mind goes dark and I'm like, there was a child foot fetish. Was there some sort of child foot fetish thing going on? I will well, kind of... I probably took them off in the wrong spot. But it, how know? big is the? It's preschool. It's preschool. Yeah, but it was in like a whole like I think it was in this it was in this gigantic, like, I think it was in a church because right across the street from where my mom worked. Yeah, Aaron went went to preschool and Adam in a in a church. Yeah, but you would be able to find the shoes. I would think there would be like a lost and, and found. And you know what I probably did is give them to somebody. Like a, ah. friend. like a friend i was probably like here take my shoes little yeah, charitable christine do you, what, no, what would maybe i'll get do? some then i'll get some new ones yeah that's <laughs> what you were thinking you so probably didn't like ah you didn't like those shoes they were uncomfortable your feet were growing i have okay say so, okay the the dad almost dropping the basket casket a basket? Mm. Like, that reminded me of um, the French film we saw when they put the body oh, yeah. in, the, in the basket. And those baskets aren't that sturdy. 
Well, mm. I think that they needed something to take the understood, you know. and you didn't have a body bag back then. But and, and you wouldn't want a garbage can. I get, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, you need a nice, nice wicker basket. It gets the job done. Also, like it was small, so then you knew that it was a kid. Also, why are so many kids dying in this town? That's, that that was, was it, something that I wanted investigated. I, I think that it was because remember in the flashback when because she there was the thing it said contagion do not enter yeah which okay maybe like that's where you need Mr Yuck like that there's where symbols come into because that <laughs> little girl's not gonna be able to read contagion and she comes in. And then she gets in the basket. And remember, like, the dad gets pissed off. And she was like, she's in the basket. She needs to be scrubbed. So I think it was some sort of, you know, I don't, it wasn't an epidemic. epidemic. There was some, but there, I guess there was some kind of epidemic. And because, man, them little kids was dropping like flies in and that town. Yeah. So, that was, that was something to look that into. That was right? another reason why I felt like the movie felt like it was set much. Or like right. a lot longer ago. Like yeah, because kids just used to die all the time, but not in the sixties, right? Yeah, like they would get polio and stuff. Maybe polio, yeah, Still. Oh, polio. But but out. by then there were there was the vaccine for and polio. like mumps and smallpox and stuff. Like yeah, but well if this is a 68 well maybe the book took place earlier and they just kind of like fudge mm, that that's right because i was thinking i was like oh i was thinking 1918 spanish flu like okay yeah these kids are dying and stuff but then i, I, I was like i don't know if it well i don't know i'm not a math major so um how about predicting Jim Jones and the Jonestown massacre? Cause I was getting strong Jim Jones vibes from even in my notes I wrote down. I was like, wait, when was Jonestown? So Jonestown happened November 18th, 1978. Mm-hmm. But Jim Jones in 1965 moved to San Francisco and that man was heavily involved in political and charitable activities in fact he was um pretty friendly to an ally i could maybe even say of black people the old jim jones he was yeah he was on that side of the politics and he had connections to prominent california politicians so me thinks that paul newman was like at least aware of who Jim Jones was and his whole spiel and get down. And I sort of feel like that's where we're getting the Jim Jones vibes from. Mm. Cause Paul mm. Newman was involved in politics as well. Oh yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like he would have been involved in the same, on the same side of the street politics as Jim Jones, except Paul Newman was in a socio psychopath, whatever Jim Jones was like, 909 people drank the Kool-Aid. I know. And if they didn't, like, were killed, were shot and stuff. Like, that's, like, a lot of people. That's that a was lot. crazy. That was just a, a crazy, crazy thing. Man, the 70s. Um, The shot with Rachel's name on the headstone, I have it as a good reheatable because I will, her father is an undertaker. And so he was thinking ahead. Exactly. 
of course he's going to make sure that his daughter's taken care of. That stuff's expensive. It is. That's true. Mm -hmm. And then (laughs) I like Nick's, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. When they're in bed and she's just like, I love you. I want to have your child. (laughs) And he's like, whoa. Oh, here. Here's a here's a picture of my family. And then you find out that it's not even his family. It's just a fake picture that this guy just has. It Man. carries around with it in his mm-hmm. wallet. But he but at the same time, like he told you what he was at the very first time that they met. Like, oh, I thought you were just looking for some action too. So you know it wasn't gonna be serious, you know? I don't know. No, but that was, that, no, but she was 35 back then she was a spinster back then she went oh i I got this guy i mean i slept with him twice this is good yeah you know what i don't know where it goes in but this is she just needed she was suffering from depression and she probably really needed a therapist oh yeah some happy pills would have been very good for her Mm mm-hmm I mean, the flashbacks were for a reason to see all the stuff that she had seen. And okay. why didn't she become? Is that like a cast day with women? Why didn't? Because I kind of felt, oh, especially the scene later on when she was with Hector and she wanted to see like the embalming stuff and mm-hmm. all of that. I was like, oh wait, was that her her thing? Like maybe the you're she was lurking she around. She wasn't and afraid stuff. of it. Yeah, so what if that was what she... I wondered, oh, was her real calling to be like her father, to be a mortician? And well, that's what that she time, wanted. Well, at that time, that was not a... Yeah, school teacher, secretary, nurse. Yeah, I don't know. That's, fun. that's crazy. Like, you come in through a woman, a woman can't escort you out? You would think that a mortician <laughs> could be... Right? Yeah. Well, I just saw there was a famous person, Akon, was just giving an interview about how women are actually the ones who create life. So they aren't. No, the man does it. They're, yeah. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. You don't see a man shit that pumpkin, do you? No, you don't. No, but he's the reason that they're all there. Akon said a lot of questionable things. He's he's not I'm not saying he's there yet, but he is on the you flip the page and he's on the page closer to Kanye. So Oh yeah. Oh 100%. He's he said a lot of wild things about yeah. a lot of wild things. Mm-hmm. So. If you're like me listeners and have no idea who Akon is, it's okay. We don't, yeah, we don't and you're know. better off. You don't need to. You don't need no. to know. Yeah, don't look into it. Mm-hmm. So now are we to quotables? Yes. I don't know if you're talking about God or LSD. <laughs> I knew you were going <laughs> to write that down. Anybody who teaches is a saint. Oh, mm. I'm going to have to highlight that. That might be oh, like yeah. one of your year. Yeah, I thought that that you just made that up. I didn't realize that that was from the movie. It was from the movie. Mother spiders weave mighty sticky webs. Mm. But didn't you say also say something about like father spiders? Like it's like a similar. 
I didn't write down the father spider part. Oh, because uh, because uh, she had mom issues and the guy had father issues because the wrong twin died. Oh, Remember yeah. they oh, were yeah. twins. Yeah. 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 So I was that. Yeah. As soon as I was like, oh, that's that guy. Oh, he's damaged. <laughs> that was your first clue. Um, how can I be out of danger if I'm not dead? Yeah, that was a good one. And this one, it's not up to me to keep you alive. It never was. Mm, was I'm highlighting that one too. Talking to her mom, right? Because mm-hmm. mm. that's the truth. Um, don't let it be day. <laughs> I love that. Um, when she said somebody asked her and her mom was like do you intend to do this or something and she said I don't intend to do anything at the moment I don't intend anything <laughs> at the moment I like that um, at one point she said stupid thought morbid uh, mm-hmm. goes through my head um, I've asked you before not to call me child it sounds ridiculous I agree um, I'm going to get a good suntan. No, I'm not. Every summer <laughs> I say that and I buy oodles of suntan lotion. And at the end of the summer, I'm still just as pale as a mushroom. <laughs> Felt that one a little hard. Um, yeah, well, we shouldn't make too much of vacations. They're just time like any other time. Oh, <laughs> I know, but sometimes, you know, yeah, I know. Everything else from now on is just, oh, when she said she was halfway through her life, she said everything else from now on is just rolling downhill into my grave. <laughs> um, when I like somebody, I get scared. Sometimes I dream about them already being embalmed. Freak. That's, that's one of those thoughts you just keep in the inside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> You look like you could use a drink. Oh, it may be that my children will always be temporary, never to be held, but so are everyone's. Oh, yeah. 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 That one hit hard. Mm. That's why I didn't write it down. This is a very quotable movie. It is. I have the, I'm having a heart attack. She was always like, I'm having a heart oh, yeah. attack. I have cancer. I'm having a heart attack. And then I, I don't, I, and then at the end, it was like, oh, it's a cyst. That's why it, it just threw me on the whole, like, was well, it benign? What's going on? <laughs> she always knew. And then old, uh, old weekend at Bernie saying, it's only a hand. It won't harm you. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. nope. <laughs> you're, you're a man saying that to a woman? <laughs> nope. <laughs> You are Satan and you will get behind me. So those are my quotables. Okay. So we are to LVP. My runner up is, did I miss something when they? Probably not. (laughs) uh, It was their, their first quotation marks date. And they go for a walk and he has a blanket and he spreads it out. And she sits down, she's tugging on her dress, and all of a sudden he's naked? Well, he, yeah, because they were at that bar, and 
he her bar like thing and he they were talking and she was like oh i have to get back and he was like oh do you want to do you want to go somewhere and so he said like though you want to go somewhere and so then that's where so that meant you're gonna have sex yeah i mean i thought it meant you know we might go and no, they're 35 year olds. No, it's come on. Nobody else was shocked that all of a sudden he was naked. No, because he said the first time he met her, he was like, I'm looking for some action. And ever since then, he was like, that's what he was looking for. So, yeah, he was. I laughed. I'm like, (laughs) wow, that was quick. Yeah, he was like completely naked. I was just like, man, I guess, I guess that's how they do it in Connecticut. It's just out in the public but my biggest mvp is lvp 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 is a manipulative mother oh yeah my my lvp was the mother as well oh my god why didn't you marry like a normal woman oh my god also though i'm sorry teeny but um and then when she was talking crap about the single woman having kids and then also so Rachel had a sister and the sister has kids but never comes back to visit would you <laughs> not with that woman but I was yeah it was just wild because it was like why didn't you marry but the woman but like you had a daughter and I don't know yeah she was oh I I cheered when she shoved the pills down at her. <laughs> that, I know. <laughs> my LVP is also a fuck bitch. Mm. Kala. Oh, interesting. Did not like her. She was forcing religion down her throat. Yes. Mm-hmm. First of all, was like, not even like like maybe take your friend to church and like be a little gentle with her, but she was like, no, it's fine. Like took her to where everybody's speaking in tongues, and uh, then yeah, when the yeah, creepy... took her to the Jim Jones church. Yeah. yeah, and then was like, yeah, no, it's fine. You know, kissed her without warning. Mm-hmm. Rude. Then was gonna like shame her unless she had this baby. Like said it was the only respectful thing she would have ever done to herself. Mm-hmm. I just did not like her. She's my fuck bitch of the year so far. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. I Yeah, I didn't even... I didn't even get what she was... Because I was also... It, the the speak got all coded. Because I couldn't tell if... She was pregnant and she was happy that she was pregnant. Or if she... Like, did I think it, she, the, like, wasn't. And then she was like, well, I guess this is what it is. I'll come to terms and, like... Just do it, I guess, because that's what everybody does. Yeah, so I didn't know if Kala was saying, like, oh, go and have the kid because she knew that that's what, that she had wanted to have kids, or if she was doing that because she was, you know, religious and pro-life, and I didn't, like, I didn't, I don't know. I just, I lost the thread of I could, I just thought that they were only friends because they lived in the same town they were friends because they they were they were work friends yeah they Mm -hmm. both worked at the school 
Yep. That's a good one. Aaron, your LVP? Mine was the mom. Oh, oh okay. Right. Yeah. So my MVP is she got away. Mm. But she took her mother with her. And the mom was yeah. like, can I bring my whole room on the Greyhound? That woman, unbelievable. Do we know how her father died? Was it just the answer to a prayer? <laughs> and jeez <laughs> Louise. My MVP was Joanne Woodward because without her, what would have been a shit show? Oh, yeah. Oh, like, my oh, yeah. God. Yeah, Joanne, where Woodward not there, film could have been in shambles. Yes. Yes. Let's just take a moment to just bow to the queen, Joanne Woodward. An Even though they made her look, talk about from not from plain Jane. Oh, yeah. Look at, bring up her Wikipedia on her Wikipedia page. There's a picture of her and it's from the same time and stunning. <laughs> 1968. It, it's somewhere around there. She, she's, Maybe in her early 30s, maybe to middle 30s. I don't, but it was, it made me laugh yesterday when I saw it. I was like, oh my gosh. But yeah, because she's just going for it. And, and now you see that a lot with actresses. She was just so ahead of her time. Mm -hmm. Like, you, I could easily see her as like doing what Kate Blanchett's doing in Tar. Because the whole reason that you watch Tar is to watch Kate Blanchett work. And that's what I felt about in this movie, Rachel Rachel. I'm just here to watch an actress mm -hmm. act. Like, uh, mm -hmm. just a woman at the top of her game do her thing. Like, if she was younger, like, of a different generation now, she would be loving the time now. Doing what you have, like, Kate Blanchett, you have, like, Kate Winslet, um, like, her mentee, Allison Janney, and how Allison Janney was in Lou. That, that would totally be like a Joanne Woodward thing, you know? Also, when she was in I, Tanya and stuff, it, it's just, I see a lot of women actresses now, and because they have movies and TV, and they can be doing all these things, and I'm like, oh, man, Joanne Woodward would have loved this. She was just so ahead of her time, because she didn't care. She would just, like in this movie, just no makeup, out here just acting to act, and just really acting. You know, not concerned about how, oh, it's, how do I look? Is my fit? No, who, I'm the character. Watch me. And she um, she wanted to do this movie and, you know, nobody would really, nobody was interested in doing a movie about a 35-year-old school teacher, spinster. Um, so, you know, Paul Newman got on board, but she had been taking care of all of his kids all this time. And it was kind of like her turn to finally get back out there mm -hmm. to find the act. And I don't even think that if this movie got made, it would have to be made with like a Kate Blanchett or a Kate Winslet or Francis McDormand. I didn't do a recasting. I did. Francis McDormand would be good. I did a recasting and I actually really like it. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Well, let's go to it then. Okay. As the preacher, we have Topher Grace. I already mentioned that. As Hector, the um, Hector Jonas, I have David Paymer. He's a little bit older now, but the guy just reminded me so much of him. 
Now, as... Okay, I'm going to do Rachel. As Rachel, I have Michaela Cole from I May Destroy You. Oh. Mm-hmm. And so then her mother is Angela Bassett. Oh, mm. wow. And, oh. Then, and then Nick is Michael B. Jordan. Oh. Mm. Nick is yep. such a... Yeah, but it's, it's called acting. Yeah. Okay. I'm still not going to watch it. We are too tasty. The the little baby at the very end, the little two year old in the at the beach, mm-hmm. was Claire Newman, two year old Claire Newman. Oh. Um, there were no close ups of her because she cried the entire time. <laughs> um, Paul Newman. In his memoir, had to hold up the book, he didn't want to do the embalming scene. He thought it would just be too much for little Nell. And so um, whoever else was there with him was like, we have to do the embalming scene. And so that's it was his idea to have that extra stuff there, the bicycle for her to look through so she's not looking directly mm. at that. Ah. Yeah, he thought that it would just really, yeah be too much for her um the studio let paul newman make it so that they got a commitment from him also he said this directing situation is going to cost me my marriage Mm. they had a Mm. they had they had a few um disagreements and can you imagine because actors and directors have disagreements but can you imagine adding the layer of marriage to that disagreement (laughs) And then all the, I would just imagine that one wouldn't, you would try to keep it professional, but when you know somebody like that, it would just very quickly devolve. Yes. Because you would say things that you wouldn't say to a director, because you'd be like, oh, but at some point you'd be like, that's not director, that's that's Paul fucking Newman. I watched yeah. his underwear. <laughs> Fuck you, Paul. <laughs> And there was something about the the love scene, and he he didn't want he it was an uncomfortable situation. He didn't want to shoot it. He did shoot it very um, remotely, like like it wasn't just like a sex scene is now. But he was very careful about um, shooting that in making her still look good or something like I don't know I don't remember but it was uncomfortable <laughs> are those all of your tasties? those are my tasties I didn't have any tasties I there have many to be found I there know. weren't I have that it was nominated for four academy awards it was nominated for best picture Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Supporting Actress, and Joanne Woodward was nominated for Best Actress. Wow. Okay. Listen to who was nominated with her. So you had Joanne Woodward, Vanessa Redgrave, mm-hmm. Patricia Neal. And then this year there were two, there were co-winners. 
for Best Actress. So Barbara Streisand won for Funny Girl, and Katherine Hepburn won for The Lion in Winter. Winter. Funny Girl's having a big resurgence right now on Broadway. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, Michelle, Leah Michelle. Leah Michelle, yeah. Yeah, I've never seen it. I just know about it. So we'll have to do it at some point. Um, Paul and Joanne won Golden Globes. Oh, good. This. And I thought this was interesting because I I think that Joanne Woodward was around 37 when she filmed this. She was actually 38. She was born... In yeah, February? 1930. February oh. 1930. Yeah. Okay. So she said, quote, initially, I probably had a real movie star dream. It faded somewhere in my mid-30s when I realized I wasn't going to be that kind of actor. And she realized her life was halfway over. <laughs> <laughs> it was painful. Also, I curtailed my career because of my children quite a bit. I resented it at the time, which was not a good way to be around the children. Paul was away on a sh- location a lot. I wouldn't go on location because of the children. I did once and felt overwhelmed with guilt. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think this it's interesting because um, yeah, if you're being wanting to be a movie star, you wouldn't play a role like this. But because she was like, alright, right. that ship has sailed, so now... Right. I'm going to do this. And it's just, man, I recommend that. It was It's on HBO, right? The last of the movie stars, the documentary about the Ethan Hawke did with mm-hmm. about Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward. Cause it's just so fascinating because she, it, and Paul Newman will tell you she was a better actor than he was, but because of the society we live in and Paul Newman's face, he became, and he says that. Yeah. He says because he was gifted with the face and, and he never felt like he, he was always under rating himself. He really. Yeah. The inferiority complex. Mm, and then can you imagine so. like then being married to this woman who was fantastically <laughs> <laughs> drink. <laughs> that was Adam people. just fantastically talented and and she knows it and he knows it and she then has to to not do what she knows that she can do and mm-hmm. watch this guy who and then he has to look at her looking at him knowing all of that it's oh, yeah wow. it's a lot yep okay well um christine i believe it's time Well, I thought last week was my pick, (laughs) and it wasn't. And then I had two movies from last week, and then I was having a conversation with my mom today. Not today, a few days ago. We are going to see MJ, the musical, in February. Oh. Oh, wow. So I mentioned that and she said, oh my God, this song blank came on while I was in the car today, Michael Jackson's song. And she was like, I probably looked like a crazy person because I got to my destination and I just had to sit in my car and sing it until it was over because it's such a beautiful song. Man in the Mirror? No. (laughs) And it is 
she was like, if you know this song, it was the theme song to a movie. I know what it is. But, okay. Ben? Yeah. But except I... I was thinking Ben and I thought, ah! be what we're talking about. So, but we're actually going to do Willard because Ben is a sequel. I was going to do Ben, but Ben is a sequel. So I figured we had to do Willard. About a rat. Which Willard are we doing? The one with Crispin Glover or the one before? It's in 1971. Okay. Um, and Willard is a person squeezed out of the company started by his deceased father. His only friends are a couple of rats he raised at home and their increasing number of friends. And when one of them is killed at work, he goes on a rampage using his rats to attack. And the reason I chose Willard instead of Ben is because Willard, Ben, it said the cast of rats for the movie Ben was about 4,000. And for Willard, it was a lot less. So I figured it was going to be a little bit less traumatic. Did you tell my brother about Ben? Did he tell you about Ben and how he knew? Because he had a childhood friend named Ben, and whenever my still downstairs in his bedroom. Whenever my grandma would hear him say Ben, yeah, she said start singing the song. Yeah, I like that song. I never knew it was about a rat. Ben is the rat. Yeah. Ben, you'll be my friend until the end. Yeah. So, it's got. As a B horror movie, it's got some, you know, people kind of like it. Um, in the three months, so like, okay, so Willard only used about 500 rats and Ben used about 4,000. So I figured Willard would be a little bit more digestible. Yeah, so they've made three, because they made Willard, Ben, and then they made another Willard when I was around in college, because... Crispin Glover was Willard. They made a remake? Yeah. So well, well, I heard like Ben was released the year after Willard, so I figured it was rushed. I don't know if you can watch it. I didn't check that, but I'm sure you can watch it somewhere. Willard or Ben? Willard. Oh. <laughs> well, classic, well, who knows what we're gonna watch? Who knows what <laughs> we'll all got... watch different movies. Amazon Prime for free. Hmm. Nice. It's got Boris Car. Uh-huh. Is Bors- that Boris Karloff? No, it doesn't. No. Hmm? <laughs> Ernest Borgnine Uh-oh. and Elsa Lancaster. Oh, yeah. I am intrigued. I mean, talk about the the IMDb blurb says a social misfit uses his only friends, his pet rats, to exact revenge on his tormentors. And the movie poster is really what sold me. I'll send it to you. This is Willard and his friend Ben. Ben will do anything for Willard. So, it, and and it's pre-Jaws. Mm. Like, it's pre-all these movies. Like, before Jaws, there was Willard. Willard walked so Jaws could run. And it's in the, se- the early 70s, so you know nerd alerts are going to be wild. Yeah. 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 Oh, 
I just can't wait. It's gonna, oh. you know oh, what? Yeah. This is the one movie you should not see alone. Mm. It says on the poster. That's marketing. And you know, we're in a big, we have a big rap problem right now in New York City. It's the, yeah. Some say it's the worst we've ever seen. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I don't like, like rats. I'm not always like, ah, like their tails are weird, but also possums tails are weird to me. So I, I don't have the, like Ma's like, well, I That's why I didn't pick Anaconda. Good, good idea. I figured you would just say no. You no, know, actually, like big. I've touched big snakes. Like big snakes are because they're huge. It's the it's the small ones that are deadly that are. And you know we're staying in the same time frame, 1968 to 1971. We're only mm-hmm. skipping a few years into the future. Mm-hmm. I like it. I, I'm. I mean, we'll see when I'm like when I'm calling you. I cannot sleep. <laughs> I have rat dreams now. Oh my god! I'm gonna be running through the streets at night. I'll tell you that much. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There is yeah. Like what luckily, are you looking at over there? I, 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 I the uh, you know like um the, you know just the IMBD and such. <laughs> I Not was looking for how long it is actually. It's only an hour and twenty seven minutes or something. Thank like you. That. Mm. Okay. Ma, do you which do you Oh, least prefer rats or mice? Rats. Because rats carry like the. Because rats are just nasty. They're bigger and they're, and they, um, they feast on everything. (gasps) Mice, mice are small. I mean, I can deal with mice. I don't like hearing them run in the walls. Like that one time when we came home from the beach and Mm -hmm. they had taken over. Well, these are Um, fancy rats. Yeah, they're like these they're are rich rats. They know how to do things. I I think that rats have for if anybody one hour and thirty five minutes. Sorry, like my generation maybe has a rats had a major makeover with Splinter, not Splinter. What? Yeah, wait. Yeah, yeah, right. Splinter. That was Splinter. He's a good rat. He was Bad the rat, but yeah, good rat. Yeah, he was the wise yeah. one, the mentor. Yeah. He knew everything. The sensei and Ratatouille, amazing chef. Well, that's true. Yeah. Really knew how to cook. Rat rat droppings are curved. They look like beans. Mice droppings are straight. Oh, okay. Rat droppings are big and mice droppings are small. And everywhere. I mean the mice the Yeah, mice, it's like they just poop as they walk. That's all they do. They just they poop as they walk. I mean, same sometimes, but. <laughs> like you haven't done that, Ma. <laughs> yeah, we heard what happened on your walk this week. So. Almost. It almost happened. <laughs> it was one one passing gas away from being an incident. Well, listeners, this has been. Um, okay, well, we're just going right along. Rachel, Rachel, the rats. Yeah, one R movie after the other. Mm-hmm. Rats love got to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> and 
it's not October. I wasn't expecting a horror movie. Well, you know what? I thought you you gave me a horror movie basically with Rachel Rachel. So okay, it, oh, okay. the beginning. Uh, okay. I would say it is like a horror movie of just, uh, it know, was because of I mean okay. just of like society a horror and everything. about being a thirty five year old halfway through your life. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Unmarried, no children. Look how miserable her life is because she's not married and doesn't have not any children. Not everyone can be dinkwabs. <laughs> I, I, I guess I would just be a sin. <laughs> You're a sink. A sink. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well. That has been this week, and next week it it's going to be an interesting week. <laughs> well, I'm sure we're learning a lot about rats. I'm sure we will. I'm sure I will have my double gimlet ready to go. Well, there you go, listeners. Bye.